This is the Best Run Podcast. Brought to you by SAP. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Best Run Podcast. Today, we've got two guests with us. We've got Brad, who is a CEO of Hub Australia, and Gina McNamara, who is a CFO of SAP. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Brad, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I, I've always been a small business person, um, been running businesses since I was, I, was, I was 18. Started off Hub in 2011, back in the days when, 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 when co-working was for freelancers and startups. Um, and I have grown the business to be um, uh, Australia's largest privately owned flexible workspace operator with a great team. And we focus at the premium end of the market. Uh, our members, by and large, use us as a way to help them attract and retain staff by creating a workspace that people love. So you certainly would have seen quite a few changes in the last six months or so with COVID. We'll oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it feels like there was never a world that I knew before uh, COVID. And Gina, how about yourself? No worries, Roshenka. I've been the CFO of SAP Australia and New Zealand for five years. Uh, that encompasses obviously running the finance team, but also have a larger responsibility in my role of working with our executive team on, on our strategy and uh, most recently heavily involved leading our uh, business continuity team, which was formerly our crisis management team for COVID. Yeah, and I think we spun up at that, uh, that COVID task force pretty fast, Gina. So you've uh, been on that treadmill for quite a while now. I have. It feels like forever. Um, we've always had, at SAP, we've always had a crisis management team uh, in place that's been sort of run by the CFO. But uh, yeah, with COVID, we definitely spun up an extended team very, very fast. Well, great. So let's just talk about what the future of the workplace may look like. And um, let, let's start off with you, Brad. Tell us how your business was impacted at the start of the pandemic. And what are the major concerns that you saw your customers articulating that you needed to address? Look, I think it's the sheer uncertainty of everything for everyone, including um, our, our customers and, and ourselves as a business, that was the, the, the hardest thing. And then, um, you know, I do remember just the, the pace of everything. I remember there was a meeting where I was like, everyone, I think we'll, we'll, we'll get through this. It's going to be an interesting few months. And, you know, 10 days later, like the whole thing, the whole world has changed. Immediately, we saw a drop off. You know, foot traffic went. You know, went to fifty percent. Went to twenty percent. Went actually all the way down to to five percent of what it usually was. Luckily, that uh, didn't translate into occupancy because uh, you know, by and large, the, the businesses that used Harbour, you know, they're established businesses. They're about five staff, ten staff, or, or anything up to a hundred staff in in in, in at Hub. And, you know, they, they certainly saw that on the other side of this, they really do want to come back to the workplace, albeit at the start, one of the biggest things that um, we had to respond to was that everybody went virtual and everybody went remote. Um, so we, we moved our programming and the events that we were doing online. We had to also cope with all of our staff needing to work from home. And then how do we run a space where, you know, it wasn't so much about the hospitality then because there were, were so, so few people in there, but it was all about how do we make it healthy and safe that required us to, to have a learning curve, that, that, you know, that was really steep. And did you see that, uh, you know, with that quick change that people had to make, there was technology that therefore had to be invested in and uh, in, able to prepare for the employees to work remotely as well? Yeah, look, I, I think... Um, 
a lot of the world had already and business had already prepared themselves to be working online and, and particularly businesses that do choose to set themselves up at up at flexible workspaces that you know they their knowledge worker companies so doing stuff in the cloud w- w- was already relatively natural what wasn't so natural though and this is one of the great things that covid does and i do use that word with, with caution there particularly when there are so many terrible things happening as a result of covid management learned that they had a worker work with their teams remotely i think workers people who are working always you uh, knew how to, but managers have now learnt that you know it is possible to have a really productive team working in a distributed fashion, and and that's going to significantly change the workspace that we see on the other side. Um, probably the only piece of couple of pieces of tech that I'll mention we invested in at Hub. You know, video conferencing is currently getting rolled out to to, to all of the rooms. So there's a Zoom kit in the meeting rooms, but the second one is. You know, monitoring systems to give us data about how healthy and safe the workspace is so that we can we can we can continue to respond and and, and make sure that it's at a, at a high standard so Gina you've been across obviously from the start what uh, how SAP reacted to um, manage COVID can you give us a little yes. bit of a brief around the initial office shutdown period when and and how that impacted SAP yeah, no problem, Roshenko. Well, as you're aware, SAP's always had access to working from home. So I think the big positive in COVID is we really tested out our business continuity and we were able to move to 100% virtual very easily. We already had the tools in place for our teams. We obviously, with our IT team, did invest on making sure that it was even sort of more robust than ever so that uh, we didn't have dropouts, but we did move to 100% virtual straight away uh, and made the decision to shut our offices quite quickly and ahead of the curve of a lot of other businesses, even before the government sort of mandate around trying to work from home if you can. One thing that we really uh, excelled on as well, I think, was looking at how do we support our teams while they're at home, Uh, coming out with a lot of initiatives, SAP in touch, which you were heavily involved in and ensuring that uh, we had some tools down entertainment for our employees and for our customers, uh, looking after their mental health, uh, ensuring that we're checking in with them very regularly using our own technology around Qualtrics with our remote working surveys and then obviously rolling that out to our customers as well to ensure that they could have access to that technology at no cost. So it it was quite a, a severe and strange period in the beginning, but it's become the new normal. So with the exception of Victoria, um, most people are sort of uh, made a return to the office. Brad, tell me what some of the trends are that you're seeing from businesses preparing to welcome back their employees and also perhaps some of the challenges you've observed. Yes, we've actually got operation across Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne and Adelaide. So, you know, I, I, I can confidently say that, you know, people are returning to the workplace in, in, in Sydney, Brisbane and Adelaide where, you know, we're seeing our foot traffic get close to back to where it, it was. Um, but what we are seeing is that there's less people in the office all the time. So what we see happening is that you may have a team that you know previously wanted they wanted 50 workstations, now they might only want 20. They still want the space, but but they're adapting to their needs. What we also see happening is it might not actually reduce the footprint 
of the you know the number of square meters that people require because they want to provide more spacing for, for their teams but also the nature of work that the teams are coming into the office to do we see is going to be much more around collaboration around innovation around you know team activities where they're enhanced by us all being in the same room so the concept that a room is just full of workstations for people to do to to do work that's going to change because you know we've, 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 we've learned that we can do that anywhere um, so that the nature of what people are coming to us for has changed fundamentally when you walk around our spaces you know they're, they're like healthy and health and safety are kind of the new black at the moment in the workspace we ultimately see we ultimately believe that you know once people get used to being in the cafe or the bar or on the plane again that you know the concept of having the 1.5 meters of distance between everyone will fade over time um, but the process part of how you operate a workspace the cleaning regimen the data, the monitoring, all of that stuff, uh, we believe, has, has permanently changed. And how did you have to adapt your co-working spaces to be COVID-19 compliant? First and foremost, the, the cleaning was one, but visible cleaning. So, you know, like we always used to do our cleaning after hours so it didn't bother people. Now we do it during the day because they, people actually want to see it happening also. The staff training that we do, um, like at the end of the day, we've also got staff that need to feel healthy and safe um, coming into work. So a huge amount of our investment has been around our team. And then what we do for them, we then need to give really good, clear communications and tools to help all of our customers, which ultimately have their own staff that they're responsible for. So we've had to invest a lot in the, the, the communication for them to use. Um, finally, the tech. Um, like one of the things that we're putting in place at the moment is um, people counters. So people are confident about uh, what the density is on the floor and will actually display that number publicly. So, you know, it's real transparency and it gives people confidence right from the word go. Um, we'll also be displaying air quality. And as I mentioned before, you know, the technology coming into into the into the meeting rooms and you know and did i manage to give you that spiel without mentioning sanitizer there are, there is sanitizer and 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 disinfectant wipes and and all manner of different things around the around the, the workspaces yes i noticed that when i went back into our office as well in sydney so i think gina and team had done a lot of thinking about where to place uh sanitizer and other items so you know it was very visible and um, easy to get a hold of so, Gina, from what you've seen, what other, or from what you've heard from other leaders, uh, what, what are you seeing in terms of other initiatives that are being deployed? The things in addition to what Brad covered off are split teams. So, at SAP, we have Team Home and Away and Team Neighbours. So, each leader has been asked to look at their organisation and ensure their business continuity. So, if we were to have a, a COVID outbreak in an office, basically things could continue for our customers and for our employees, obviously, in terms of coverage uh, is one thing. And I know that a lot of other companies have also instituted that. We've also given 100% flexibility. So, you know, we have the cases ranging around all the different states. Melbourne's in full lockdown. Obviously, children are home and they're back to remote learning. So we're ensuring we support the managers and the teams with 
total flexibility. So, you know, encouraging them if they need to take time off or they need to work even more flexibly, different hours, uh, but it's not a big deal. It's just how we do things now. We've also looked at what technology can we use to help our, our teams as they return into the office with visitors feeling safe. So SAP has a COVID app. We've also used our Qualtrics technology to do our contact tracing in the offices with our visitors so that should, should we have a situation arise, we can easily respond to the government and meet all the regulations. And then I'd say the, the final one uh, that's a big one and, and coming up a lot in the media is really the management of virtual fatigue. We've uh, looked at our remote learning, um, sorry, our remote working survey results and although they're really good and people are as engaged and connected as ever, they're really telling us uh, strong messaging around how they're feeling around virtual fatigue, ensuring that we put in place some initiatives, which we're working on right now, by the way, around staycations and uh, different programs that they can do should they want to take some time out and not feel like they should be working, looking at can we do some meeting-free days or meeting-free commute times to really help our employees and support them through this time. So at the outset, I said we'd talk about get to what the future of the workplace may look like. So we're here. Brad, perhaps you can articulate um, what you think the office environment will look like in the future. I think it's going to be distributed. Like one of the great things that will come out of this as well is that there'll be a much greater uh, focus on creating workspaces that people love rather than creating workspace that tick a box on a balance sheet or, or, or come in at a certain number of, of, of dollars per square metre or, or density. Organisations are going to need to cr- provide a distributed range of um, options uh, for, for their teams and in order to keep attracting and retaining the best talent. So, you know, we see work from home will not go away. We see that having the head office and the HQ will also not go away. Uh, but we do see an addition of flexible workspaces, be they um, adjacent to headquarters for, for, for some kind of risk management capacity or and, and to keep teams and to, to keep teams separate, but also a suburban work hub where what we've seen is you not all tasks can be completed at home, but we don't not every task requires you to spend an hour on uh, on on commuting to get into the city. So having um, work hubs closer to home that are, you know, they're, they're networked, they tick all the, the security and, and, and assurance and technology boxes um, that so often brought people into the city, we see them emerging. So ultimately what you've got is that, you know, the workspace becomes a choice of options to work in a distributed fashion, um, how and when you want. And I understand there's a, a body called the Workplace Operator Business the Readiness Council. Can you uh, share who they are and what their recommendations are in terms of a safe and healthy office environment? Yeah, sure. So, look, this was a, a group of operators, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the local operator from each country around the world. Hub was the, 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 the one that joined from Australia and we came together to share best work practices. We actually see flexible workspaces are actually going to be uh, the proportion of workspace that gets traded on, flex, transacted on flexible terms um, is actually going to be greater as a result of, of, of the changes in the workplace over the last six months um, because, put simply, uh, uh, the long-term lease doesn't really match with the, 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 the business environment that we're going into right now. 
and also people are expecting a much greater service layer in uh, and we see that from a hospitality angle you know people are want to, going to going to want to have their spaces managed and operated to a to a very high standard so so that bodes well for for flexible workspace operators so um WORC um, this council, we got together to, to to share best practices because we've got a lot invested in making sure that they do work. And look, we, we produced a um, a guide, like a manual, which is available online. Um, I'll, I'll get the link shared with you to go along with this recording. Um, but that's somewhere where um, both flexible workspace operators and indeed any workspace can go there and, and use those learnings that we've, we've shared globally. Great. Uh, now, Gina, we're all very excited in the Sydney office because we are moving to a brand new space uh, and uh, in North Sydney. And can you run us through what some of the new office workspace design elements that you've um, been across to ensure that staff will be safe to return to the office? No problem, Roshenka. So I, I guess I'm pleased to say that we really did have quite a future-proof design when we uh, looked at One Denison and what it would mean for our employees. And we had put a lot of focus already into making it an enticing collaboration space that would draw people into the office. So in terms of, I guess, being COVID safe, we've really continued on with what we've got in our existing offices in ensuring that everything's very um, you know, clear about how many people are allowed in different spaces. Um, we've looked at how we entice our staff to come into the office and things like language such as social distancing can, uh, can, you know, it can make people very frightened about being in an office. So we've looked at changing our signage to things like physical distancing and some fun cartoons about keeping safe, but uh, at the same time, you know, being able to collaborate with your, with your colleagues and ensure that you can, if you wanna come into the office, you can get together as long as you get together in a safe way and follow the rules and the signage that we've got around the office um, and really achieve what you need to achieve in person. So I would say that the design of the building was already quite well thought out to be able to be a draw card of employees into the office. And we didn't have to do too much amendment except ensure that we were following the government regulations around that physical distancing. And uh, I believe congratulations are in order as well, Gina, because um, SAP took out the number three position for the Great Place to Work 2020. It's been pretty amazing, Roshenka. Uh, really, us achieving that in a time like this makes us all very proud. It's, um, it's something that we've worked on very hard as a leadership team for a number of years and sort of going from 11 to 9 to 7 to 3 has been um, a great achievement and now we're looking at how do we get to number one and I think that it's definitely possible but all of the initiatives that we've had in place through COVID around making our employees feel safe and definitely you know a great place for them to work whether it's virtual or in a physical office has been it's been good. Great. Um, Brad did you have any parting thoughts? Oh just look we're, we're also excited to be in the great places to work program as well so it's um yeah, it, look, ultimately, I think uh, we're going to see a much greater focus, generally speaking, with, with workspaces needing to be for people, So I, I think is, is great because ultimately happier people at work are, um, is, is good for everyone. But, you know, stay tuned on this. You know, as someone who's in Melbourne at the moment, you know, we, we've still got some, some time to navigate through this. The workplace really will be very different on the other side. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Brad and Gina, for joining us today and for sharing your insights.
For anyone who would like to find out more information about Hub Australia, you can go to hubaustralia.com. And if you want to find out more about uh, SAP's win in the Great Places to Work, you can look at the About section on the sap.com Australia website. Thank you very much and you'll be listening to the Best Run Podcast. You've been listening to the Best Run Podcast. Brought to you by SAP. SAP.